Welcome to the Dev Ready Podcast, where we're helping non-techs build better tech. Today, I'm joined by Kylie Chown, who's a LinkedIn strategist and trainer for small businesses. Welcome, Kylie. Hi, Anthony. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm really excited to be on your podcast and to have a chat. Cool. Thanks for joining us. And um, so I know we, we've got a lot of startups or established businesses, and there's a lot of like smaller in-between ones that we have on the podcast. Um, we reuse LinkedIn a lot and reach out to people, and that's how I've, I met you yeah. and got you onto the podcast. Um, is that something you see as like a real major focal point of someone's outreach or marketing if they're starting up and trying to get out there and establish themselves? Yeah, absolutely. So I think LinkedIn is a really great tool, particularly for businesses who are looking to establish themselves. And the reason why is if we look at LinkedIn as opposed to the other social media platforms, it's at this time the only one that's been set up from that professional lens. And I think if we keep that in mind, it influences the intent that people go to that platform with. So I know for myself, if I'm looking at Instagram, if I'm looking at Facebook, I'm going there with a different intent and a different mindset. When I'm going to LinkedIn, I'm very much going with that work perspective, professional development perspective, um, to learn more, further my own education, um, to provide, to find um, partners, potential clients, um, and build my network. So, I think particularly if you're starting out, uh, it's a it's a great platform to get started and get your brand and your business online. Yeah, I think that um, that business first focus is mm. probably key. Yeah, that's what we think about. It's networking, trying to grow. Uh, who we know really when you do think of the other social media it's more of a like entertainment based type of thing i think yeah, facebook absolutely. is probably people think of, used to think of family and friends yeah now i'm not sure what everyone gets out of it yeah, <laughs> um, but and like, not, yeah and, um, th- those platforms have a place absolutely but i think if you're in that business place in that business mindset yeah absolutely um linkedin is the platform where people go with that um mindset and that approach yeah definitely with say LinkedIn over the years. So we've been in business for about 15 years. We've had a LinkedIn account probably that entire time. I've seen a lot of changes. Mm-hmm. Have you sort of seen the changes that have happened with like what they're calling the algorithm and how content is shown to people and how is that affecting people's reach or the ability to market to more people? Yeah, that's a really great question. And it's very topical, particularly at the moment where people are seeing maybe a decline in their reach and a decline in their engagement. I think if we go back to the start, though, LinkedIn did really start out as that online resume job seeker platform, but it has definitely transformed past that. And I think now most people understand that. So coming into kind of moving forward, looking at how businesses can use LinkedIn, like you're saying, to share content in front of their audience. And as you said, you know, what I found is that there has been a decline in people's reach, um, you know, as, you know, um, in comparison to previously. But I think if we kind of go back to that premise of providing educational content, providing advice, providing content that's relevant to your audience and of value to your audience, it's got to be a good strategy because you're providing value, you're providing education. And I think too, it's considering the metrics that you look at. So a lot of people will look at the metrics of how many people like their content, how many people engage with their content. But I do think there's also a, a different level on that where, you know, you also need to be looking at, you know, who's reaching out to you, who's wanting to connect with you, you know, what are those conversations like? Because if your strategy on LinkedIn is to be having more conversations, better conversations, that's what we've got to look at as well. 
And um, I do also find that people will read your content and might not necessarily engage with it, but they're still absorbing your content and taking it on board. So even if people aren't necessarily getting that engagement, I still encourage them to continue with a content strategy and really focus on that adding value, providing education and, and really providing content of benefit to their audience. Yeah, so my understanding of the changes to the mm. algorithm and what people are seeing, it's it's more of that content focus. So it's where you're either providing value yeah. or an opinion on something. So you're creating yeah. something new effectively, not just yeah. sharing something else that someone has shared or a one-line post, which could be a tweet or an X or whatever it's called these yeah. days instead. Yeah, Is absolutely. That- I would agree with that 100%. That goes back to providing value, anything that provides advice, uh, or an insight as well. So that's when you're sharing an opinion, particularly if it's a little bit unique or a little bit challenged to what the typical opinion there would be. So, and there's definitely ways that you could do that on LinkedIn and still being considerate of your audience and things like that. Yeah, so it's, it's keeping in mind that you're there, if you're talking, you want to help people. Yeah, really, Or provide some insight, not just share things for the sake of sharing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. provide things. So I think we've probably got a mixture of both. Yeah. <laughs> some things are valuable and some things are just mm. sharing just to keep a presence going. Yeah. Um, with sort of those those metrics that you said, so a lot of people are either going to be looking at how many likes or shares or views there have been. Mm-hmm. Do you have any insight into like the numbers of the engagement versus how many people are just looking and not engaging? Yeah, so that's people a are really, aware. Yeah. So that's a really great question. So I don't have statistics on people who are viewing um, versus engagement, but I do know that the percentage is very low of people who are actually creating content on LinkedIn. So I think it's like less than 3% of people on LinkedIn are actually creating content. And when I say creating content, creating content consistently. So I do think one of the benefits of LinkedIn as well is that opportunity for organic visibility. So to get your content seen in front of your audience without necessarily having to do an ad spend. Um, so at this t- point in time, you know, it, it's you can get a lot of visibility on your content without having to necessarily do a paid ads campaign. I didn't realize the number was so small. Yeah, it's very small. It's, okay. yeah. And it's, so- it's content consistently. So they're not taking into account people who are posting maybe, you know, you need to be posting like once a week to define that consistency space. Well, wow, okay. So that's, mm. that's a really small pool of people. Yeah. There. So you may just see the same people's content over and over because mm. there isn't others that are resonating with your profile, I guess. Mm. Yeah. And I guess you can influence, that's a great point because you can influence the content that you see, you know, and that's something that comes up for me is people will say, I jump on LinkedIn and I see things that I'm not particularly interested in. So, you know, they can do things like follow particular hashtags. They can unfollow people. There's things that you can do to influence the feed so that when you're going there, you are seeing things that are of particular interest to you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we think of a, um, a startup, so mm-hmm. generally the way we see it, there's, there's two startups. There's someone that's come from industry with an experience of a problem and they're trying to solve a problem in the same industry. And then we've got other people who are, I've got an idea and I'm trying to develop that idea in life and they may not have experience in the industry, but they're, they're passionate about that idea and want to move forward. Mm. Both of those people don't necessarily have like the network that is required that a startup would need to be able to reach the right mm. people. Do you have, I'm not sure how you work with these people in business. Is there strategies that 
either of those sort of personas can take forward to grow the right network and get in front of the right people on LinkedIn? Yeah, absolutely. So that's a really great question. And it's something that I've seen as well, particularly where people come out of an industry as an expert in that particular industry. And what we typically find there is that they might have a network, but it's not relevant to where they want to go moving forward. And sometimes what they'll do in that situation, they'll start, they'll update their profile, they'll do a lot of content, and they'll find that they're not necessarily getting the engagement that they would expect. And it goes back to that their network isn't targeted or it doesn't align with where they want to go moving forward. So then we need to look at how do they build out that network and what does that look like? And I think one of the benefits of LinkedIn as well is that you can do searches. So you can search by people by job title, by company name. You can do Boolean searches with and or not terms. So you can really refine your search. So particularly if you're a startup, I think there does need to be a proactive approach to this. So identifying those people that you do want to connect with, whether they be, you know, stakeholders in the industry, potential clients, um, people who are doing what you want to be doing can be great connections as well. And then reaching out to them and connecting with them, but doing it in a way that's very specific to that person. So I think what, what happens sometimes with messages is people will send a default message or they won't personalize it and then they don't get a response. So it's really looking at that person and, and crafting a really great message so that when you do reach out to them, they do connect with you. Um, and then what you'll find is, you know, you'll start, they'll start to bring these people into their network. They're putting out great content. These people are engaging with it. And there does become a time when it'll kind of flip a bit and they'll have people reaching out to them. But definitely at the start, you would need to have a proactive strategy for both of those categories um, just to bring those people in and start to cultivate that network. And also looking at opportunities to connect with people just through your day-to-day -day interaction. So, you know, if they do go to a networking event or some form of an event, you know, making sure that you're connecting with those people to keep in contact um, moving forward. Yes, it's really just like nurturing the network, yeah. whether it's in person or virtually. Yeah, yeah. And so, using the crossover as well. So again, it's, you know, you might meet them on LinkedIn and then meet them in person or the other way around. And it's, yeah, it's just cultivating a network as we would do in face-to-face -face, um, interactions, but using an online platform to do that. Yep, yep. That, that makes sense. It's, it's the relationships that help us move forward, mm. really, and the network that we have. And then, yeah, so if you are coming from a career perspective and then moving into a startup or a new business, yeah, the network you're going to have is going to be very different. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily that you should like forget the old network. It's you, you have to probably approach them or converse with them in a different way as opposed to what you did before, because now you're approaching a different problem or you're working in a different space that you may need those people still. Yeah, absolutely. And I definitely wouldn't suggest that people just, you know, dump the network that they've already got because, you know, you don't yep. know who they're connected to. You've obviously got a relationship there. Um, but exactly like what you said, how you converse with them and the conversations you have with them would be different to new um, clients or new a new community. And again, I think though it's central to education is that using LinkedIn so people have a really clear understanding of what you do. I found sometimes when I look at profiles, particularly around that startup space, sometimes it's like it's it's a bit tricky because it's not super clear on what they do. So I think it's it's really important that people can communicate that value proposition 
really quickly and clearly on LinkedIn, particularly if they're changing because they've been known as a particular thing and now they want to be known as something else. Yep. So having that cultivated profile page is yeah. very important to explain the right message. Yeah. With just reaching out to people on LinkedIn, is it worth trying to connect to them or is it worth more starting to leave comments and interacting on their posts if they're creating any mm. to start building that awareness of who you are, then trying to connect? I've, I've tried yeah. different approaches and I've gotten mixed results. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and that's a good point because I think, first of all, people need to find the strategy that works for them. Um, I think looking at, if we look at an individual profile, there's two things we can do. So we can follow that person, uh, particularly if they're in what's called creator mode. So you can follow them or you can reach out and connect with them. And the reason I want to highlight that is that if I follow someone, it's a one-way relationship. So if I'm following you on LinkedIn, I'll see your content, but you might not necessarily, well, you won't see my content unless you're following me back. So my preference is typically connections because we want to have that two-way relationship. So I can see their content, they can see my content, and we can have conversations in, in that messenger format. Um, there is absolutely a strategy where people might identify a hit list of people they want to be connected to and engage with their content and um, like their content as a starting point so that that particular individual is familiar with them. Um, personally, I found just doing a targeted connection request can work as well. But I think the key there is having it really targeted and really specific. So you know, reaching out to them, explaining why I'm reaching out to them, but not in a salesy, pitchy way. But one of the things that I look at with my clients is when they're doing that, I say, if you can send that message to someone else, it's not personalized enough. So it's got to be that personalized that you couldn't send that message to someone else. So I think that's a really easy way to stand out because a lot of people don't. They just do the default connection or they do the message around you know, um, we're in the same group or something like that. So I think, yes, it takes more time, but you'll get a much higher result if you're customizing those messages. And I know myself, like if I get one that's really personalized, I'm much more interested and I'll communicate back even if what they've got isn't of particular interest to me right at this point in time. Yep. I think we do we do quite a bit of our LinkedIn outreach yeah. and that's how we get guests on the podcast or trying to build networks. Yeah. So I don't know, I think I've got 7,000 connections or something like that, but I don't yeah. know most of them. So yeah. this year I've done a focus in just trying to meet as many or as, reach out to as many as possible, understand? And I've done a mixture of here's a templated message because it's yeah. quick to send out messages. Yeah. Here's a custom message and it's quite slow. And then I went settle on like a mixture of both routes, mm. mostly templated with, all right, let's see what they do on their profile and mention something yeah that's similar and they do seem to get the better response mm. yeah absolutely that's great yeah it's 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 testing and experimenting to see what's going to work and it's never straightforward like ah it, no. it's also the people you're connecting to exactly I was how just it say, responds yeah, yeah exactly so and it's it comes down to your audience so if you're targeting an audience who's very busy time poor not on linkedin much how they respond is going to be different to someone who who is in a different role within the organization. So absolutely, and I, I get that a lot, people like what's the best way? And, and I don't think there is one best way. It's identifying what works for you, understanding who you're trying to talk to and being able to talk to them in a way that they understand. Yes, yeah, so it's really understanding their profile and mm -hmm. what they've been posting about, even referencing something that they've commented on or 
yeah. something like that. At least so then you understand who you're talking to. Mm. So with the, is there sort of some like key strategies or some key approaches to defining a strategy for how you should approach your LinkedIn outreach? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So I think there's three components of it. And what I find is people will come to me and ask about LinkedIn outreach, but that's kind of the last step in the process. So I think the first step of the process is to make sure that the profile's really on point and talks to the ideal audience and is positioned correctly, because that's going to be the anchor point or the reference point that people come back to. So if you're reaching out cold to someone, they don't know who you are, they're going to look at your profile. So that's the first step and having that really targeted talking to that audience. The second step there is I do think that you need to be sharing content, particularly if you're positioning around being an expert in a particular field or particular industry and sharing insights. Because again, and I think you said it before, like you'll go and see what people are, are up to and what they've been doing and posting. So I think we need to have that background piece happening first and then look at the messaging structure. And I kind of look at the messaging structure as that's the way you're going to bring traffic to your profile. And we don't want to bring traffic to something that's not putting you in the best possible light or you in the best possible position. So that's why we need to look at those things first. But then when we move into the messaging structure or the outreach structure, there's a couple of things um, that I personally look at. So I'll be quite specific with my content. So I'll myself work in three monthly blocks and I'll be quite specific with my content and I'll have content that really does talk to the audience that I'm targeting during that time. Um, so for example, if I was targeting um, marketing managers around social media training, my content would be in that space. And then what I would do is do the searches, I'm finding them, and then I'm essentially reaching out to them to first of all, bring them into my network and then looking at how I have a conversation with them. And I think what we want to do is look at how we can get into a conversation that is two way. And I literally have someone at the moment in my messenger, they've sent me like eight messages and I haven't responded to any of them. But I'm like, I want to see how far this is going to go and at what point they're going to stop. But what we want to do is we want to think of it like volleyball or, um, you know, hit the ball over, they hit it back, come back, come back. So, you know, asking questions, trying to learn about people, trying to have a conversation with them. And then at some point, looking at how you take that conversation off LinkedIn into an online meeting or a face-to-face -face meeting or what's going to suit your business and what it is you want to do. Yep. So with that example, you're just getting yeah. bombarded with messages from the same yeah. person. I'm experiencing that with emails, which people are yeah. taking my email because it's on my profile yeah. and just sending me emails and I'm getting five or six at a time. They're like, oh, we've caught you at a bad time. If you, do you plan on responding? I just, no. <laughs> and I just keep ignoring it. Yeah. Mm. And so I, I think guess there, there is some thinking around, and I don't subscribe to it myself. I guess the thinking around it is that there is, it's a numbers thing. So if they send enough, they will get someone. But again, I think if you're starting up, particularly your brand reputation and your online reputation is so important. And you've kind of only got one go at that first impression. So to me, it's not worth kind of burning a whole lot of people to get one. I would focus on a smaller group and be really targeted yep. to them. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Just take yeah. your time, refine, make it customized, show that you've actually put in effort. Yeah. Not just a templated generic message. Mm. And leverage advice I should probably take on board. Degree, yeah, leverage your second degree connections as well. So that's something that people might not necessarily do. 
They'll find someone they'll be who'll be a great connection. Look at who your or look at your connections in common, and there might be someone there. And if you know them well, you know you could reach out to them and say, "Hey, I see you're connected to Mary. You know, do you know her well? Do you mind doing an introduction?" So, really looking at then using the network or the networking component to your advantage. Yeah, that's a good point. I think I've forgotten that one most of the time as well. <laughs> so just something you touched on before, we, we, you mentioned that we you drive people to your profile. Mm-hmm. I've forgotten that that actually happens on LinkedIn. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming a lot of people probably do as well. Yeah. So that's probably a key metric is to look at how many profile views you're having as opposed mm-hmm. to how many content views you're getting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think if you think of LinkedIn a bit like your personal website and your reach out being just say you had a website and you're doing an ad spend, so you're paying for ads for people to come to your website. I think of LinkedIn as kind of the same, but we're using outreach to bring people to your LinkedIn profile. So, and I know I do it anytime someone reaches out to me, I go and have a look at their profile. So it's bringing traffic in. And I would look at at that stage of awareness, you know, your uh, views, who's viewing your profile, and then your incoming connection requests. If I'm looking at it from a sales perspective, we've got our, like I said, our awareness metrics, which can be views and connection requests at that consideration stage, you know, then we're looking at engagement. So, you know, uh, is our audience engaging? What does that look like? And then at our decision metric, we're looking at things like positive responses to um, reach out campaigns and people coming to us and inquiring or, or, you know, requesting um, information about services and things like that. Okay, so there has to be a big focus on Mm. the quality of the content to drive people to the profile and then the quality of the profile to keep Mm. them interested in who you are to try and make either them to reach out as a connection or just to stay following us with you, I guess. Yeah, and I find that the majority of people actually undersell themselves. I very rarely come across someone who's overselling themselves. So I'll talk to people, they'll have you know, particularly in that startup space, they'll have great experience, they'll, or they'll have a great idea, um, they've got a great a- approach, and, and they've got this great um, presence. But then when we do look at them online, there is a real disconnect there. So it's, and the challenge around that is that people will meet you online before they meet you in person. And you don't know who's coming to your profile and bouncing off because they're there and they've left. So it's understanding that people are going to learn about you online. Um, And if you look at how the indexing works, when people do search your name, it's likely that your LinkedIn profile is going to come up high in those search results. And again, particularly for startups where maybe they're still in the stages of web development and don't necessarily have their other digital assets in place, um, LinkedIn could form a key part of that. So having them positioned in a way that accurately represents themselves and doesn't undersell them, I think is particularly important. Okay. I I never thought of being undersold on my profile but i guess it can happen <laughs> i don't realize i don't know if i'm overselling or underselling now i have to revisit that <laughs> after the episode i find the majority of people are underselling themselves um yeah and particularly with newer businesses because maybe they're still they're still learning themselves what they want their message to be and 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 what they want their brand message to be to market and things like yeah, that it, it's yeah. it's never easy to find the right words to put on there yeah that explain what you do in a concise way without mm. talking to people mm. is yeah, how I'll say. Exactly. Yeah, it's and without being able to fill in the extra words that you can't use yeah absolutely and i think people i think that's the thing that a lot of people 
I think that's the thing that people actually struggle with the most on LinkedIn is writing their profiles because it's very challenging to write about yourself. And again, it's looking at, okay, you know, is there, do you have a PR who can review your profile and give you feedback? And, and I would say to people, if that's the challenge that they're having is just start writing something in a word document, because if you don't start, it's never going to get finished. But if you start it, then at least you've got something. Yeah. And get peers to review it, get feedback, you know, and, and really um, work it so that you're comfortable with it. And would you adjust your profile's content or messaging or keywords based on sort of that, like in your, you mentioned that you've got like a three month strategy block. Mm -hmm. Would the profile go along with the content in those blocks? Yeah, that's, yeah, good question. Um, I don't personally, because the, my profile's got quite a broad positioning. And the reason I've done that is so that I don't necessarily have to be editing it um, every time. But in saying that, I do suggest that people look at their profile at least every 12 months and just make sure that, you know, it is still on point and it's still referencing where they want to be. Because I think with any form of marketing, that top down approach is really important. So what are your business goals and strategy? And then how does that translate into a marketing strategy? And then what does that look like on LinkedIn? You know, you're particularly in that startup space, the goals that you had 12 months ago might be totally different to the goals that you have now, the product, the service, the audience. So it may actually need an update just to evolve as your business has evolved um, and nearly be, you know, that little one step ahead of you. Yeah. And as a startup, you could potentially pivot every couple of days, depending yeah. on what conversation yeah. you're coming back <laughs> from stakeholders or investors yeah. or whatever it may be. So it may need to be uh, looked at more often. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I forgot what I was going to ask then. I like that you said investors because I think that's really important as well is that investors are still going to have that experience of going, okay, you know, we're going to invest in this business. These are key people in this business. What does their online presence say about them? So even so, uh, if it's not clients, investors, I think are as important. Yeah, especially if you're an entrepreneur or a startup trying to yeah. get something off the ground, then that is definitely... Mm. Um, are what people or investors do look at. Yeah. And I've seen that they've been very, very picky around titles or even just the dates that a business has been running from because mm. that all shows them, right, if, the, if you started the business three years ago and you're looking for money now, what's happening in those three years? I mean, yeah. It's a negative thing for them. Mm. With any startup, so if you've got a team, would the team need to be in alignment in the messaging and positioning because they're representing a team or a business or does each, there still need to be that individualism across each person? Yeah, that's a good question. So I think from a team perspective, employees can connect into the company page. So I can go to a company page, I can go to people, I can see the current employees. And I think with that in mind, that it's really important that there is brand alignment and business alignment through the individual profiles, particularly with your key stakeholders and your senior people and anyone who's say responsible for business development. But I would also say that it does need to be individual as well because they don't. we don't want to look at the team members and see everyone's the same. It needs to have their personality and their, um, you know, their um, background and experience and insights. So I think from an organizational or a team approach, it's then really, you know, defining key areas where you want consistency. And that could be the banner. It could be how you talk about the company. It could be how you position the content in the experience section. Um, it could be that there's a process 
where those profiles get some feedback and review just so that they can make sure that they're relevant and they're pos positioning the business in the best possible way. So I think that's, um, yeah, it's a little bit of both. I think the overlaying thing though is thinking about, particularly for a new business, if they've got a social media policy, because at the end of the day, if someone does something that, you know, a founder's not particularly happy with, they can have a policy conversation. It's not an opinion. It's not saying, hey, you know, I know this a post, I didn't like it. It's more of a conversation of, hey, this is our social media policy. You know, what you've, the activity's not in line with that. So you, you've got that kind of, I guess, support or infrastructure there. The other thing with LinkedIn particularly, and I think this is a bit of a deficit from LinkedIn's perspective, is a company page admin can't remove someone easily from the company page. So again, an okay. internal process, yeah, I would look at having an onboarding process for new team members, and it can cover those things. It can be like, this is our, you know, here's some banner options, this is how we do the title, we want you to put this bit of text in your summary, this is how we talk about the experience section. Um, but then also having an offboarding process as well. So if someone does leave, part of that checklist is making sure that they actually disconnect their profile from LinkedIn, because there's a potential risk there of brand reputation if someone leaves and they're still representing your business online. Yeah, especially if they're stuck on that company page. Yeah, exactly. So, and yeah. I hadn't heard about having a social media policy before. Mm. Okay. Um, any any advice on what you would need to sort of set up or cover in that? Because I think that's going to be an interesting thing and probably growing more and more in mm. um, need as we go on. Yeah, I think there's, I mean, it can cover a whole range of things. I think though the three things that I would look at is what you're happy for people to share. And I think the overlay on this is I think people will have good intentions, but they might not recognize or realize, you know, what they're sharing is is not appropriate. So for example, I had a client um, and in their social, they were in construction, uh, in their social media policy, it says that they're not allowed to share any photos of site work or site visits. And that's because their client or their contractors on site don't want them doing that. Now, someone could have good intentions and say, hey, you know, we're working on this amazing job. They're not meaning to do any damage or, you know, or get that company um, in trouble, but they may have done that. So I think it's including what you can share and what's appropriate. Um, I think including what you can't share or what's not appropriate. So it might be, you know, clients stories without permission, or you would have your own um, examples there. But then also the third item would be what's going to happen or what's the impact of you doing that. So then it's really clear if you do this, then this is the outcome. And it might be depending on the severity of what you've done, it may actually impact your employment Oh, with the organization moving yep. forward. I think that's an important thing and something we probably need to look at setting up now as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if nothing else, it makes for a policy discussion. You're not having a discussion with a teammate or a um, team member and saying, hey, you know, you posted this and, and we don't like it. It's you posted this and it doesn't align with our policy. So it takes that opinion piece out of it and makes it a policy discussion. Yeah, it's, it's a much easier discussion to have because yeah. there's rules you've preempted them they are they're aware of what they should and shouldn't be doing rather than just, just an opinion yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll probably just give you one more question and pick your brain on linkedin which yeah, is absolutely how um people should approach a personal page versus a company page i personally i don't see much value in the company pages mm -hmm. i don't see the company content as much in the feed i think mm -hmm. whether mm -hmm. that's because people don't post them 
or it's weighted less. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. But is there more weight put towards one or the other as part of your strategy? Yeah, and that's a good, yeah, good question. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll ask that first. Okay, so I think if we kind of look at the differences, so personal profile has connections. It's that two-way interaction and relationship we've talked about. Whereas a company page, you follow a company page, so it's a one-way interaction. So the company can't necessarily engage back. Subsequently, I think there is a place for company pages, but typically they're for particular types of companies where they have got maybe dedicated resources who can create very specific content for the company page. So company pages are more around brand awareness, credibility, Personal profiles, on the other hand, are about the individuals. And I guess that's people like to connect and interact with people. So I do find that typically people will get higher engagement and interaction on their personal profile posts. I don't know if that's because there's less content or it's more like, oh, you know, there's Anthony. You know, I've seen Anthony's content and I want to engage with it because you're you, not because of your business. I would, though, say there is a place for company pages in some sense, but again, you need to have your a dedicated resource and a dedicated purpose for that. The other thing I would say is claim your company page URL because there's only like it's there's only one of them for everybody. So you want to make sure that you get your company page URL as opposed to someone else getting it. So even if you don't use it, you've got it. Like I had a client who. Um, Wanted, they launched a new product and they wanted to do a company page for it. But unfortunately, one of their competitors has already got the URL. And oh, I'm no. like, well, yeah, you can't get it. They've got it. So even if you're not intending to use it, I would still secure it as part of that kind of digital asset that you might want to use later. Okay. Mm-hmm. So as an owner of a business, I find it hard to probably differentiate what the company does and what I do mm-hmm. on my own profile. To me, they're the same thing. Yeah. So we, we have a company page, but we don't use it as much. A lot of it comes from the person because people do make those personal requests yeah. or connections more. That's how we've interpreted it. Mm. But yeah, yeah, I think you already answered my second question was going to be the content strategy would differ because on the company page, as you mentioned, it's going to be more brand strategy and brand awareness mm. rather than opinion pieces potentially or thoughts and ideas. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I typically would see is that a company page is more a brand awareness. So it might be more of that traditional uh, marketing communications. And some of that can come through your company page. But I think if we go back to what we said at the start, LinkedIn at the moment is really valuing that advice content, that unique insight content. And that has to come from an individual. So I think that's kind of the key in having that personal profile work for you. I guess though we want to balance it out as well because if the long-term strategy is to sell the business, you don't want to build a marketing strategy around an individual because it makes that transaction or that transition a little bit harder. So it might also depend on the stage of someone's business and what their long-term strategy and goals are around it and what digital assets they want to build out to support that. Yeah, that's a very good point that I hadn't considered at all. Yeah, it's whether yeah. is are you building the brand or are you building the brand with your mm. yourself part of it? Yeah. And to okay. be honest, building it as an individual is typically quicker and easier because it goes back to people like to engage with people. And it might be that might work for a little for a period of time, but at some point you might go, Cool, well, we want to build out this company page. 
So then if we do go to sell, we can say we've got these digital assets that are independent of us as founders and owners. Yes, I set up that transition plan and yeah. identify what that point is to be able to do it. Okay. Mm. Um, one last thing I've got, which I'll, <laughs> before we wrap up, is different content types. So yeah. there's posts, there's the carousels, there's videos, there's stories. I'm not sure if shorts are there or an equivalent to that is coming anytime soon. Long form videos, then there's yeah. articles and PDFs. Like, is there a mixture that works best or do you have something that from your experience, whether it's anecdotally or not, that is the more type of content that's consumed? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a great question. Like you said, like there's long form articles, text, images, videos. There's a whole lot of different content types that you can do. And I think it goes back to a couple of things is first of all, knowing your audience and how they like to consume content. Um, personally, I'll do a lot of long form articles and that's because I want to well, because I do a LinkedIn newsletter, but that in, that's how my audience likes to, like to um, engage with content. Um, so from my perspective, I do that. Um, also going back to, I guess, with any social media, it's that content that's going to keep people on the platform. So for example, carousel posts like myself, I do a lot of those because they stop people scrolling. They keep people on platform without necessarily the requirement of me having to do a video. Um, okay. You know, like it's the same impact without necessarily having to do that content piece. Um, but typically for me, I will work in a theme. So I might have an article based on a particular theme and then I'll take that and I'll put that in different pieces. So it might be a long form article. Then I might take the five points and create a carousel about it. Then I might take one of the pictures out of the carousel and share that and, you know, write about that. So I'm more looking at the theme and how I can use the different content types to get it in front of my audience. But I think keeping in mind who you're talking to and how they like to consume content um, and also looking at your data. So you can see, you know, if you look at your content, you can see what's doing well and things like that and then taking that on board moving forward. But okay. yeah, anything that's going to stop people LinkedIn because LinkedIn want people to stay on the platform. So anything that's going to keep people on platform is typically going to do better because it's aligning with their objectives. Yes, yeah, so don't just share like a link to YouTube. Yeah. Because <laughs> it takes people off platform. It's off keeping platform. the eyeballs yeah, exactly. in LinkedIn and yeah. making it as engaging and interesting yeah. as possible to keep people looking at your content. Yeah. And that's probably the same strategy applies to all social media. Yeah, absolutely. Really, but yeah, LinkedIn yeah. has that business focus where we can grow the network and try to turn our ideas into successful businesses, really. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, it, it, it's been a pleasure, Kylie, having you on. and. There's been a lot of information here. I don't know if I've <laughs> picked enough questions or I've gotten everything, but that's, I think there's a lot there that someone can take to try and grow their brand. Um, if anyone wants to reach out to you to learn more or how you could actually help them, how can they do that? Yeah, so uh, I think we'll stay on topic. Um, and I would say um, LinkedIn's probably the best place, well, it's the best place to find me. So um, yeah, so uh, find me on LinkedIn and send me a connection and happy to have a chat with anyone um, if they want clarification or any more information on any of the points that we um, discussed today. But thank you so much for having me. Uh, I've had a really great time speaking with you. Thanks, Kyle. Yeah, it's been it's been a pleasure. Some great insights there. And we'll definitely put your link out in the notes when we post the video and content so then everyone can find you easily. And once awesome. again, thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. You too.